This is the highest level. The highest level is ownership. The highest level is power. The highest level is sovereignty. The highest level is higher consciousness. The highest level is not letting nobody put their foot on our necks, but we own our own culture. But this is an environment of gods. This is an environment of kings and queens and noble men and women who know who they are. Without further ado, I want to bring in my brother, Idris Sandu. Go towards wealth of money to where we generate a monetary system. It has to be spiritual. We got to get our souls right. We got to get our integrity right. We have to be high-level men and women where we not just valued on our dollar, but our principles. And once we get to that, you will have the type of mind that can take any thought process, whether it's complicated, whether it's high-level, and you will absorb it and you will execute into the future. I'm 19 Keys, this is my brother Isaac Sandu. I'll see y'all next time. 19 Keys is high level conversation. Tap in with the dog. What's up, family? Y'all ready for this high level conversation? How we feeling today? Make some noise. This is the highest level. The highest level is ownership. The highest level is power. The highest level is sovereignty. The highest level is higher consciousness. The higher level is elevation. The highest level is not letting nobody put their foot on our necks, but we own our own culture. The highest level is when we eating right, thinking right, doing right, raising our families right. The highest level is when you have focus. And nobody can take your mind away from the thoughts that you want to bring into reality. You all are here because you want to ascend. Because our environments have not conditioned us to reach our highest potential. But this is an environment of gods. This is an environment of kings and queens and noble men and women who know who they are. Today we're going to have a beautiful conversation with a very powerful and esteemed guest. This is not a regular person, because oftentimes in our culture, we make the most popular the most important, and not the most valuable, not the most knowledgeable, not the most intelligent, not the architects and the builders. Today that changes. Somebody said, this is like the Grammys of financial literacy. I said, nah, because the Grammys ain't never taught me shit. Ain't never made me a dollar. This bigger than that. This is real impact. This is real value. This is where you change the generations of your family to come. Today, this young brother that I got on stage with me, you may have known him. He, he built Nipsey Hustle Smart Store. He worked on IG. He worked with Beyonce, Kanye West. He's built hardware and software. He considers himself to be a tech architect. He's one of the most brilliant and brightest minds of this generation. He just did a partnership with Marcy Ventures, Jay-Z. He has technology that will bring the blockchain to reality. Make some noise for that before I bring him up. This is what I imagine when you think about your children growing up and becoming great and having a great mind 
and knowing how to utilize it to fabricate things into reality. I imagine you think of young men like myself, and young men like Idris, a brother from Ghana who grew up in Compton. And see, when we don't know the names of young brothers like this, we do our culture and ourselves a disservice. I want every single one of you after this to look up every single interview and every single technology and every project that he's involved in. And I want us to make a note within ourselves that we will start pushing and validating these sort of things in the culture instead of the nigger frequencies that we push out so much. When this brother comes to the stage, I want you to give him the warmest welcome that you ever gave a genius in your life. I want him to understand that you all know that the mind and the things that we produce in the reality is the new value system that we will now go towards. I love hip hop like everybody else. I love a rap game like everybody else. But the most valuable and the most popular people on this planet Earth are the ones that's in this building that's helping you build the framework of your mind, that's teaching you how to raise your children and utilize the technology of the future so we can disrupt the slavery that they have on us and get to a level of ownership. Without further ado, I want to bring in my brother, Idris Sandu. Ah, my brother, I appreciate you. Peace, peace. I mean, I guess we sit right here. Ah. Thank, you, thank you so much for that intro, by the way. That was, that was crazy. I had five more minutes, but I wanted to cut it short. <clears throat> so in true high-level conversation style, man, I want to jump right into it. Um, and I want to talk about, number one, mindset before we go into the main topic, which is really decentralizing the culture, right? but developing a super mindset that gets you to the point where you can take an idea, right? Prototype that idea and produce it in reality and not let anything stop you. How do you grow from that point of, I have a concept to bring it into fruition? Um, I think uh, for me, it always starts with sort of, um, you know, the mindset of the idea, right? So. I've gotten to, I mean, now in my life, I've gotten to a place where majority of the ideas I create, I'm like, man, can I see the, the light at the end of the tunnel? And if I can't, those are the ideas that I invest in. If I'm like, nah, I can see where this could go and this could go and I, this the ending point, I'm not working on that. So for me, it really starts with identifying that first. Is it a, a impact, you know, driven uh, sort of, you know, application? Um, or is it more so around serving myself, right? Right. And from there, I really then ask myself, what are the prerequisites to create this idea, right? And majority of what I work on is hardware. Um, we'll get more into that a little later. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's just, I think a lot of people that even want to dabble in tech, the first thing they say is, man, like, man, what programming language can I learn? Like, or what language should I know? The first question I ask them is, what do you want to build? Right, because that's the starting point for everything. So I usually ask myself, you know, sort of these prerequisite questions that I wasn't always this efficient, you know? Um, what I want to build, what's it going to take for me to do it? And what skills do I have to acquire along the way to complete it? Um, and then I pretty much start from there. Yeah, you know, I always say, the distance between where you want to be and where you are is the knowledge you don't have. So it's your ignorance. And 
what's going to let you know how fast you get there is your work ethic, right? Your willingness to put that information into play. When we talk about technology, specifically when I think about it, I want to think about ways how the culture can take all of the problems that we've had and implement solutions into it. So like, I've been talking about blockchain probably for the last five years actively because I've been studying it because, you know, there was times that it was like, yo, we need to do more trade with the diaspora out of Africa. Shout out to my Africans. I know the continent in the building. So I was like, well, cryptocurrency allows for fast exchange between each other, borderless, right, and trustless program. So that got me interested. And then I started looking at the bigger foundation of all this is the blockchain itself. One of the things that worries me about current society is that we don't know how to see the value of it, right? And because we've gotten to this place where we're so capitalistic that even when it comes to the blockchain, we're looking at the price instead of the value, right? So I'm like, all of y'all are worried about whether it's 22,000 or 23,000, and nobody ever wonder like, yo, this is supposed to be one of the most disruptive technologies since the building of the internet. What can I do with it? So getting caught up in the price versus the value is a consumer thought process. But when you think about it from a producing thought process, then the blockchain becomes a completely different thing to you. How would you break down the blockchain to our audience today? Yeah, I think first and foremost, I want to say, you know, the, the beauty about being an engineer or an architect is we kind of can almost visualize the preeminence of something uh -huh. before it happens, right? And our, the beautiful gift is not your ability to create, it's the ability to communicate what you want to create before it even happens. And so I think with a lot of conversations around the blockchain, there's a couple different, before I you know, get to the simplify, I think there's a couple of things that I wanna kinda notice and point out. Majority of the conversations that have existed today have been allocated for the 1% of people that have continued to accumulate wealth, right? So the question isn't how do we establish wealth, the question is how do we continue to distribute and, and uh, diversify our forms of wealth? We own acres and acres and acres of land, so now let's buy virtual land. But we're still trying to catch up to just buying real land. So I think something that I've been kind of really focused on when I'm breaking down not only what the blockchain is, but what it represents for the culture, is think about it as a, a ledger system that allows us to document history for the first time in a way where it cannot be altered. That simple, indisputable fact is what makes this a very powerful technology. In the past, we had technology used on us. We had technology filming us when we was getting water hosed, filming us when we were getting lynched, filming us, we didn't control the cameras. So this is the first time in history where each of us in this room has more computing power in our pockets than the astronauts had when they was launching the Apollo mission. That's a fact. That the greatest kings could ever dream of. And the blockchain allows us to document our history through a ledger system that nobody can change or alter. It's the first time where we can not only record data, but val validate that data and record that data in a way that it's, it's an indisputable fact. Once it's locked, 
these values are non-immutable. They cannot be shifted and changed. So really, once you start with that point, that beautiful fact, then you start saying, well, okay, what does that mean? Well, it means that if you have, if you're a small business owner, if you're a black owned business, you can put your business on the blockchain and it cannot be removed. Mm. How many of y'all got y'all page removed? <laughs> Our history for the first time cannot be unchanged. It's not a document that you could just go back and alter the values of. It's recorded for the whole entire world to see and verify and validate it at the same time. So that's how it's paid. And now, so ledgers. The world is ran off ledgers. The banking system, our constitution, right? The Magna Carta. When I look for the future, I always go back in the past first. So in my studying of history, there was a, a conquest by Norman King, right? The King of Normandy came to England and then he conquered. But realizing that he was a foreigner and they was gonna continue to try to challenge his power, he created a ledger system. It was called the Book of Doomsday. Now this book, what he did for the first time in history was he accounted for everything under his ownership, right? He's showing from the cows, the pigs, the courthouses, right, to uh, the police, everything. He put it all under a system, then he put his name first, right? And he basically said, now the king owns all of this, but you can have what is called tenure, to tenure is to hold in your possession, otherwise known as a tenant system, right? And then some of his highest generals, his lords, he allowed them to become landlords so you can hold this land. So he created the tenant and the landlord system that we operate off of today because he realizes that if I can create a system, it will last longer than me trying to conquer and keep my power in position. And as I study systems like that, I said the whole world is ran off systems, right? We just seen the Pope had to apologize for the Native Americans out there in Canada, but they said, you still not gonna get rid of the papal bulls. The Papal Bull is a doctrine that established his discovery and conquering that says that they have power over these lands. It's all paperwork and it's all systems. The Constitution, you had men come together for about four and a half months for the initial writing of the Constitution. It was ratified over years, but the initial composition was let's write down laws, right? And once we have this established, it can't be changed, right? Because now you can see a chain of events when things were added into it. So when I think of systems, we have always been brilliant, but we've never been a systemized people. We've never been able to systemize our brilliance. So when we talk about our history in the world, we go from hand-to-hand -hand exchange, my word to your word, speculation, but there's no documentation. So when he just said that we now have the power to write our history, own our history, and then it cannot be changed, that is something that I think everybody should pay attention to in that idea. I've had my page taken down on IG before. Shadow, shadow banned. I've been shadow banned. I've been censored. People have lost their businesses. You can spend your last 10 years building up a business on social media and they can decide, well, we don't want it there. It can be by accident or by intent. So thinking about the ability for us to build something, own it, control it, and not having anybody else being able to take that away from us is something that we should all love because you have a business now, but it can be snatched away from you in a blink of a moment. How many people build their businesses on social media, Web 2? I know more people than that. Don't be afraid to raise your hand. It's okay, hand it's up. beautiful. It's, it's very beautiful. Participation actually. is key here. I built my business utilizing Web 2. I'm sure my brother, he's not on Web 2 a lot. You know, he's, he's a shadow figure. Yeah. 
But he's the one that the people in the higher up go to when they want a brilliant mind. But I want to talk a little bit about that, going into what we call the owner net, right? The owner net is we don't just go in where we enter the net, where we're consumers and we're using somebody else's server to be able to have the ability to download content and stream. Now we have the ability to upload our IP and own it and control it at the same time. Can we go a little bit into the ideas of Web3? Absolutely. So I'm going I'm to just kind of start from scratch. Um, who here has heard of Web3? Okay, that's great. This is beautiful. So a lot of people, you know, kind of are stuck within this dilemma when they hear, you know, Web1, Web2, Web3. Is it a, is it a continuous operation? Are we going right. to keep having more iterations of the Internet? And I think Web3 is not just simply the next stage of the internet just because, just because, you know, we have the iPhone 5, so of course the iPhone 6 comes right. next. Web 3 changes the core infrastructure of how the internet will operate, right? With Web 2, we emphasize on something known as user-generated content. So who's on Instagram? Who's on TikTok? Who's on all these platforms? We are creating data that is documented, the history we were talking about, documented and recorded on centralized servers all around the world. And we have a lot of analytics platforms on these platforms, but you don't get access to all the tools. You get access to what the server owner Facts. gives you, right? So you might not have the metrics that might assist you in propelling your brand the way that you need, you need it to be done. Web3 fundamentally changes how the internet works because think of it as a server base that all brands and all apps and services will use. It's one database. So I can cross-reference, I can write, I can read from this digital ledger system that everyone has access to. It's transparency in ways that we've never seen it. Now, why is this important? With Web2, there's only pretty much one thing that you can own on the internet, that you can physically own on the internet. Who wants to take a guess at what that is? That's, boom, I just heard it. Somebody got it. Say it again. Not email, there was another one. Boom, it starts with a D, domain. Right? So when people say, I have a brick and mortar retail store, I wanna get into e-commerce, what's the first thing that they do? They go buy a domain. And where do you buy this domain? On GoDaddy, on Squarespace, on Wix. But these domains are held by gatekeepers. Your domain cannot exist on its own. It needs to be deployed onto a server. Again, you can go start your own server, but they're really expensive and so on and so forth. So what a lot of these platforms allow you to do the Amazon, EC2s, you know, um, uh, AWS, Firebase, they allow you to deploy your domain on their server. So usually, when apps go down, we say the server is down. With Web3, this fundamental infrastructure shifts again. We go away from you not only just being able to own your domain, but you can also own tokenized assets that can be grounded to either physical or digital experiences. And that is a fundamental change, right? 
Because you go from just owning one thing to being able to own any part of the internet. You are a owner in a part of the internet. As well as, you know, what, what um, appertains to what you own, right? And there's different ways for us to connect reality and the digital world in unique ways. Today, if I could just kind of elaborate into this, I'm not really, you know, here to talk about sort of the digital aspects. I'm here to kind of answer a question that I feel like majority of people are asking here, which is, we've seen the dot-com boom, and I feel like I missed that. We saw the AI boom, and I feel like I missed that. We saw the social media boom, I feel like I missed that too. I don't want to miss this boom. Not at all. And the issue is in how the information is communicated to people. Majority of us here are accustomed and we, not even conditioned, where our traditional shopping experience is being able to either go to a store, use money to buy something, and get a physical thing in return. A lot of Web3 concepts are encouraging us to commit forms of tokens, right, to buying digital products with no physical utility. So a lot of people say, well, I own this piece of art, but I don't have the physical one. What makes this better than a Mona Lisa or whatever it might be? And the solution to that is really thinking about NFTs, which I'm sure most, how many people have uh, heard of NFTs? Everybody has to be up. In the last two years, we all heard about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. The missing play here is being able to connect the physical products that you own today and putting them on chain. Majority of us here sitting down, every single person, I kid you not, every single person here has wealth. The issue is there's not universal metrics for documenting your wealth. So they tell you a sign of wealth is, you know, uh, local and foreign assets, land. They tell you assets are what you have in your bank account. But what about all the furniture in your home? What about all the clothes you own? What about any of these things that once they are tokenized on the chain can provide liquidity? An IP. An IP. Imagine being able to put your whole entire wardrobe or your home on the blockchain as a part of the internet somebody, that somebody can actually purchase from you, the, both the physical and digital and digital rights to it. So before you go further, because even that idea, specifically when it comes to IP, intellectual property, right? This is where a lot of people here today have found them gaining success. Whether they're building courses, right? Or they're putting out their design or their creation or content. So in Web 2, essentially we sign a contract to utilize, right, social media, such as Instagram. You sign that contract, they own your data going forward, but they give you access to their service to build on top of it. So you can have your profile, right? But they also have control over that data, right? And they have control over your profile. They can decide what to delete. They can decide what you put on there. They can decide how many people you get access to based on your own community that you've allowed and you've amassed. So that's total control. So when we think about like, let's say hip hop and rappers, we talk about when they sign 360 deals and have no control over their IP and don't gain their masters, but it's the exact same thing we do in Web2. They give us access to a platform 
so therefore we sign over all our rights to all our intellectual property. Does that sound about right? And then they tell you, wait a minute, we will let you collect tips like a waiter on your own content. But direct monetization has come because the new generation are saying that we don't like this model. We want ownership. We have seen generations struggle to follow along with the lead of the existing systems and infrastructure and gain no wealth, right? So being a generation that are the most disruptive, now when you see they're saying, yo, every time you go on the website, they say, do you want them to allow cookies? Do you want them to allow your data? Data is how Web2 makes all of their money. So with the disruption of data, it's forcing these companies to have to go into Web3 models to where you're not just the product or the consumer, they're helping you manage your IP and monetize your IP. So the ideas around it is that Web3 is for creators and owners and developers, right? So the way I look at it is that, you know, for me specifically, right, because you talked about being able to monetize and tokenize the things you already own. The same thing with content that you already own. You can't directly sell your content. You're forced to be in a contract where the whole world can distribute your content and you won't get a single dollar off of it. It can get a billion streams, right? There was a brother named Country Wayne. Y'all know who Country Wayne is? Country Wayne was getting, I think, 40 million something views a year. He was competing with the top TV shows in the world. Now, Instagram take away monetization tools Country Wayne got to go over to YouTube. The idea of the blockchain is saying you can directly monetize what you create, right? So instead, like with Fanbase, Fanbase is saying we create subscription models. If people want access to your content, then they have to pay. But even different than that, Web3 is saying that you own the platform essentially because if you put it on a decentralized blockchain, we're saying that basically we're going to create a server for you, we're going to create a social media platform, but we don't take ownership over it. Whoever builds on it, whatever you create on it, you own it. So it's like if I opened up a Walmart and I say, put your products on the shelf. You can own it and you can keep all your money. That'd be a great deal. But today the idea is that I open up the Walmart, put your products on the shelf, right? Then later I will create a tool for you to monetize and I need you to figure out a way to leverage the fact that a lot of people love your brand. So we had to create indirect models of monetization instead of direct models. And now these tools are merging to say that no, we have to allow the creators to be able to build because the monopolistic ways are not sustainable for the next generation to be able to build wealth. Did we capture that a little bit? So I wanna talk a little bit more about the physical aspects of the blockchain and I wanna dive into some of the things that you're building right now and some of the projects that you've been a part of so we can catch people up to speed. You know, I've been to your event where you introduce your new system and you have a company called Spatial Labs. Can you talk to us a little bit about the mission of Spatial Labs and what you all are building? Yeah, so Spatial Labs is a, a company that I started about two and a half years ago. And the main purpose of this company is to create resources and new infrastructural platforms for people like us mm -hmm. um, to be able to build wealth and document that wealth. And we're doing these through current as well as 
future products, right, um, that allow people to represent their businesses in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I've been consulting for tech companies since I was 13 years old. Um, I've seen so many ideas um, and using a lot of the information that I was able to expose myself to, I said, oh no, this is going to be the future. Yes, sir. AR, augmented reality. XR, that's going to be the future. Blockchain, that's going to be the future. Digital products, that's going to be the future. Volumetric experiences, that's going to be the future. And we put all these things under one single company. Mm. And we've slowly been introducing our new platform to people to educate them on the blockchain and these future concepts in simple and digestible ways, right? I'm 19 Keys, and this is the future. Block World Order is an organization that's based on blockchain technology. What is blockchain technology? That simple question is enough curiosity in the mind that you should be educated on understanding how the new world is being built out. There are new future of money, future of currencies, learn to earn, pay to earn, all of these new ideas that are emerging every single day that you see in the news. All of these new buzzwords, but yet nobody can break it down simple enough for you and your family to understand. The Block World Order was created to make these difficult things simple. To take the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of this technology and bring it in your household. So that not only you're waiting for things to be built out, but you actually know how to build these things. Nothing is set in stone, but when you have the knowledge, you become the builder of the new world. Well, blockchain technology is gonna radically change the infrastructure of the world, from banking, to education, to community, to business. In every field that you can think of, blockchain technology will be disruptive. The key that I wanna focus on is how do we utilize blockchain to build wealth? By understanding the technology, understanding the verbiage, understanding the way that we can implement it within our daily lives, how we can build, how we can create jobs, how we can create businesses, how we can implement them within our businesses is going to be key to your success during this time. There is a reason institutional money is pouring in by the billions working to be the first people to build it out. Developers, they don't have enough of those people that are actually building out the technology. But guess what? Once you understand the tech, you don't have to always be the developer. You can just be the creative. Once you understand how to create with it, then you can also make money. See, I want to give you keys to not only understanding technology, but understanding yourself. One of the most valuable skill sets and assets that you can have is a powerful imagination. Because if you can think it, then it will be. Some people are limited by facts, while others are free by their mind just by having a vision. In the Block World Order, you're going to get instructors breaking down these difficult concepts in very simple matters. So therefore, you can start utilizing all that you see in the world so that you can have a benefit. I'm 19 Keys. I've created multiple organizations within my time and I think that this is the most important one that I've been involved in. Because this is the one that gives us a real chance of controlling our future. When we look at the number, of jobs that don't exist today. People are out of work. Recessions are constantly coming. The market is constantly fluctuating. You need a skill set that is valuable. You need knowledge 
that makes it so valuable that you can never be poor. Because a mind full of knowledge is a fountain of wealth. As we learn to tap into the technology, we'll also learn to tap into ourselves. We'll learn how to learn, we'll learn how our brain works, how to redesign ourselves and how to shift our paradigm. So therefore, as we are learning, we're also growing, we are evolving. If there's a new world that is coming in, we also have to become our new self in order to take advantage of being the builders. This is one of the rare times that you get in your life where you see a new technological shift and you have the opportunity for people to teach you and for you to understand it. The only question you have to ask yourself is do you want to be in the future looking back on the opportunity that you had to be ahead of the rest? Or will you watch this video and go back like the rest of the 99% who are oblivious to understanding? Because I promise you, if you understand what we teach you and you enroll in the BWO, you will be ahead of 99% of the world. I want you to take that serious. The Block World Order is for you, it is for your family, it is the future of wealth, the future of money, the future of skill sets, the future of your new self. Tap in. If I get off of this stage, if we get off of this stage and we don't assist you in seeing how you can apply this to your, your business today, then I feel like the core purpose of what Spatial Labs is, it needs a little tweaking. Um, but I'm confident we can do that. And we're deploying different tools um, to show people that, hey, whether you're a programmer or you're a 3D designer, um, or you're somebody that even, you know, uh, create ceramics, there's a space for you in this new world, right? And it won't force you or convince you to change any of what you do now. It'll simply allow you to give more people access to what you do very, very well. So at the event we had a couple of months ago, we introduced our new microchip solution. It's an RFID um, uh, it's, a, it's a family of RFID chips that can be embedded directly into products, right? So you can embed these into clothes like what I have right now. This is actually, it has technology integrated into it. We can put these in bags, glasses, jewelry. And what it allows you to do is then put those assets on the blockchain, right? So who over here... Uh, I'm gonna just use like a Telfar bag or a Birkin bag. Has heard, of, has heard of those two companies, right? Or any bag for that matter. Let's just say you buy a bag from somebody. Uh -huh. And you're like, where did, where did you buy that bag? And they're like, oh, I got it from, from this person. And um, you know, I think it's actually three times more than what I bought it for. And you say, why is that? And they say, because um, you know, this person signed it and this person came in contact with it. And you're like, well, how do you prove that? So they can pull up a physical receipt that you can look at. It's not secure. It's an unsecure network. If somebody sells you an item that you want to, you know, determine if the item is legit or not, mm -hmm. or even in their possession, it's been kind of impossible to do. And what that microchip does, it allows you to record information just like 
a book teller would, you know, write information in a book. And you can tap on the product at any time to see the history of all the people that owned it. Now, this is really revolutionary because let's just focus on art, right? Majority of art, they have something called the provenance book. And all the owners of that you know, particular art piece, they write it down in a very secure space. But again, it's centralized because you and I don't have access to it. But the variable that we introduce is every single person can now verify products without a third party. That's never happened in history. You buy shoes on StockX, you buy items on eBay, eBay has to do the authenticity for you. Again, centralized, so you need them for that. StockX has to do that. With this, over the millions of products that we're planning on scaling within the next two years, you'll simply be able to tap your phone on the, on the product, see if it's authentic, see who owns it, right? And again, people have usernames on the platform similar to how on Instagram, you don't have to use your real name, right? So you can mask your identity. And you can also set your items in lost mode for the first time. You lose an item, just go in the app, put it on lock, and it protects you. Now here's the beauty of what it allows us to do. It allows us to continue buying products the way that we, that we buy them without having to change that, but gives us this incentive. When you're buying from a business, especially a black-owned business, you now have the stamp of authenticity, but that brand can now give you exclusive content simply unlocked with a tap. Yeah, that's the biggest part for me. Like, yeah. not to cut your wisdom, but yeah. when I think about that, let's say if everybody in here bought a crown, which I want you to do. Higher consciousness meets fashion, meets design, meets a representation of your higher self. How do you actually earn your crown? You gotta have some knowledge yourself. You have to be actively working on the path, consistently doing something great in your life, right? Now, you don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to be a celebrity. I know I've crowned many people throughout my time, but it's more so about you recognizing who you are and you having something that connects to that in your everyday fashion, in your everyday style. You'll never see me without my crown. Why? Because it represents who I am and I want that to communicate every single time I walk outside. The sun, moon, and stars representing freedom, justice, equality, and enlightenment representing truth and a universal mind tapped in to the frequency of higher consciousness and purpose. If you want to represent those same standards at a higher level and you want to have something that you can adore that represents your rulership in this universe, make sure you tap in and go to Crowns 19 and crown yourself. I'm 19 Keys, the designer of crowns, and I want to see you get crowned. Tap in. But if you bought a crown, let's say later on, everybody who got that crown, then they automatically get this conversation uploaded into that crown. Or for the next high level conversation, I said only the people that have crowns would directly be able to go to their crown, they tap it with their phone, and now they get access to this content, right? Or I can decide that I sent you an NFT or I sent you an invite to a party. So instead of like when you bought a ticket here to come to InvestFest, where you go buy it online, then you gotta go through registration, right? Instead of going through that whole process, imagine you bought one item or you bought an NFT and then your NFT is your verification. So you can 
the, the idea is you consolidating a lot of these things that we have in the world that are inefficient systems. And now it's possible to say that we can do that with one thing, right? So therefore, I can sell an item and I can increase the value of that item so that it becomes an asset. So when I thought about it, when I first heard that, I said, wow, every single, it changes, number one, the ideas of our business models. Our business models, a lot of them are all web two, and some people's business model may be web one. You might be a little behind. But the idea is that I want to get our culture to understand where everything is and where it's going. Because you may have a business model now the same way some people got education that's outdated. You didn't put yourself into a debt for a business, you put yourself into a debt for a degree, but it's no longer valuable enough to sustain itself and or pay off that debt. So that if you build with these existing business models, then you're going to lose. If I look over there in China and always use China and the Asian community as an example because they lead in the highest tech sector, the Indians are the highest paid. The Asians are building all the infrastructure in China. They might not be rocking with crypto, but they building a whole blockchain for their country, right? In America, we're so centralized and waiting for the government to tell us what's okay and what we can't do, or we're waiting for one of these companies that have to make sure that they increase their bottom line and their profit. We're waiting on them to build it so we can become their consumer. What I want us to do is understand that the culture is heavily centralized and owned by someone else. We don't own it. I want us to, we get access to it. So we give you access to hip hop and the rap culture, but you don't own it at all. You don't own the distribution channels, right? You don't own the record labels, none of those different things. You, you damn near can't determine the price unless you like Nipsey Hussle. To where you create a new model and they say, you know, to pay. pay for what it's worth. Be proud to pay. So now we get to take those systems and there's a whole technology that's built into it. And even on top of that, we have layers like DAOs, right? I just built a DAO, it's called Manifest DAO with my brother Keenan Beasley. And the idea of a DAO simply to me is a community business, right? Well, when you're talking about community businesses, essentially what we're saying is imagine if every single person in here, the same way we can do with shares and companies, but the difference is, unless you are a very large holder of that share, you have no say-so. You can only listen on the calls, right? Where the directive is coming from a central authority, AKA the CEO. So everybody knows about the stock market, but I wanna teach people about the block market. You understand me? The block market is the blockchain of things where there's a whole new economy being built on it from cryptocurrencies to tokens to DAOs to smart contracts to what they call now soulbound tokens, right? Yo, I'm Big Keys, man. We're doing blockchain things over here at the Block World Order. We learned about cryptocurrency, how to trade it, how to buy it, how to sell it. What are the strategies that we need to jump in and out? We're getting signals for trading. We're learning about NFTs, how to build them, how to utilize them in your business. We learned about STBs, soulbound tokens. We learned about DAOs, the future of businesses, organizations, institutions. We learned about blockchain technology. All of these great concepts that you're hearing about in the world, the metaverse, this gaming. We actually gonna learn how to build it. We're gonna learn everything about it from the basics to the masterful side of it. Right. Once you join Block World Order, you will now be a part of a community that will be working to build out the future. Not only are we going to be learning how to build it out, but how to take advantage and gain wealth within it. During these uncertain times, you cannot be without the skill sets of the future. 
Make sure you tap into the Block World Order, because not only are we learning technology, but we're learning you. That's right, I said you. We're learning how you can take your mind and you can increase your intelligence by learning these new learning skills, learning how to hack the human mind, learning how to become a better version of yourself by understanding your multidimensional capacity, how to go from being nothing to empty your mind to where you can tap into new skill sets and start learning 30 to 40% better to where you can have increased confidence, increased focus. We don't just want you to learn blockchain technology. We want you to learn yourself. Make sure you tap into the block world order. There's a new world and a new you way. And what my brother is doing, he's building the hardware for the blockchain. Right now, the most hardware you're getting is um, uh, wallets. You're gonna get wallets and you're gonna get NFT screens, right? But if you look towards the future and you start building towards the future, you will be wealthy in the future. We're gonna need everything that every speaker is talking about. But if we don't have the correct infrastructure, it will be outdated and it will lose value every single day. You understand me? When I say you understand me, you're supposed to say, I understand. <laughs> I know y'all heard me say you understand me a lot of times. You understand me? 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 Because I want to make sure you understand. I want to actually add, add to your wisdom right there and shout out to you for that vernacular around that. Yes, sir. You know, instead of people saying cut you off, you know, he says add to your wisdom, which yeah. is a very high vibrational you know, yeah, we, we play God's advocate, not devil's advocate. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Ain't no generational uh, curses, only cycles, you know, balances. Um, I wanted to add to that too because I feel like there's a lot of people here that have brands and something I realized, even when I created the Smart Store with Nipsey, you know, when we sat down, his whole thing was around vertical integration. Uh -huh. I should be able to make my music, market my music, distribute my music, award fans of my music for supporting me, being able to document what they're listening to, what was the last song they listened to, how many concerts they've been going through. So these are the initial conversation that sparked sort of this, this idea. But I think what we're introducing into the space that's very important is the record label is pretty much like a holding company that owns most people's masters. Uh -huh. And even that terminology, the master and the slave, it's also used in computing, by the way. When I was teaching myself how to code at 11 years old, I had to learn that we call, you know, the main sort of repository, the master repository, and the slave repository. When I was studying architecture, I had to learn that there's the master's bedroom, right? These outdated terminologies are literally ingrained in the systems, which is why we need to change. But blockchains also introduced this new variable that centralized companies have used for a very, very, very long time. There's people that recorded records in the 40s and the 50s, and there's some label that at one point was the holding company that's still getting paid to this day, and the artists aren't. So it, it introduces this new variable of royalties. So whenever you sell an item, you can have a 5%. You can write the smart contract how you want. I've, I recorded this single, and I'm selling it for this amount or access to it for this amount. Every single time it's sold to somebody else, I get paid, essentially a dividend from it. 
But imagine being able to do that with physical products. Uh-huh. You're somebody that makes physical things. You make furniture. You make beats. You know? You create pottery. You're a sculptor. All these things that I feel like the traditional Web3 world has excluded, you now get to say, every single time that this physical thing that I made is sold, I get a percentage of it. So what we're introducing is new methods of wealth accumulation that nobody else is going to create for us. Because uh-huh. that's the thing. The conversations around blockchain are still within the 1%. Our goal at Spatial Labs is to open up those doors to 99% of the people that are like, I'm not really too into the tech and I don't, I don't want to be a coder and all these things. It's like, well, you don't have to be the coder, but you also don't have to just be a consumer either. You can be a creator. Uh-huh. My whole entire mission, I saw Steve Jobs get on the stage at 8 and unveil the iPhone and say, people that are serious about software should make their own hardware. Apple creates a software infrastructure for every single one of their devices. iPhone, iOS, Mac, Mac OS, TV, TV OS, iPad, iPad OS, watch, watch OS. You might say it's a coincidence. Well, let's look at Microsoft. They also have a closed operating system called Windows that they update every couple years. You might say, well, those, that's coincidental. They're both computer companies. Tesla makes their own cars, manufactures their own batteries, and the cars run an operating system called Tesla OS. Well, you might say coincidental again. What fitness company disrupted all of 2019, 2020, and 2021? A company called Peloton. Peloton acquired a company, I think they're called uh, uh, something core, um, and they make their bikes, they make the Peloton bikes, as well as the operating system that the bikes run on. So we've never been let in on the operating system level, AKA the hardware level. We're always, or sorry, the, the, uh, the software level. We're always within second ownership. So yeah. let me use somebody else's server. Which is never me, true ownership. Yeah, let me launch this network. Well, who's making the TVs? That's a fact. <laughs> right? And, and yeah. even, even when that system, like everybody here, most people here have a community, right? Because for the future, your business needs a community, right? And what they're doing with those operating systems allow them to have central authority over their community. And what I really want people to do, I know there's a lot of time when people talk about decentralized and centralized, but I want you to have central authority over your community. I don't want nobody to be able to take access away from that, right? The idea NFTs, the NFT is just a technology and we're using a technical name to talk about what that technology is technically. But what it does is more important. It connects you to your entire audience of everybody who's ever bought something from you, right? It gives you a record of that data and now you have a line of communication where you can contact them at any other point in time through airdrops or having them connect their wallet through token gates. And a lot of these concepts may be high level. You may not understand them now, but what the idea of high level conversations is to introduce concepts and ideas that you go on your own and study. Like, I believe a Discord is more important than Instagram because now you have your communities having conversations amongst themselves. And to be able to monetize your community is important than being popular in front of your community to where they see you posting something every day. I had a brother that used to say, you should not have more followers than you have money in the bank. And see, a lot of us, we go for the most popular thing to look the best, but you're broke. 
And broke just means it's, it's not working. Or if it's broken, it's not working efficiently. So what I want to do is to give you these new working models that you can take towards the future to where you can be disruptive in your business model. And I know we are in a time of building. The brother said it early, this is not a recession. A recession is something that lives in the mind. But when you take this and you look at it as a time of building like the wealthy think, because this is a small number of people, we look at it and say, this is 12,000 people. Well, there's 45 million black people in America. When Minister Farrakhan did the Million Man March and two million people showed up, those are the type of conversations we need to have where there's two million people here listening for financial revolution, financial liberation. The most powerful thing that we need to get part of is our black family. So I'm gonna tell you ideas that you can do with your family, especially when it comes to investing, is figure out how y'all can have a smart contract between each other. Right, because we all know it's hard to trust family. But family is the most important people in the world to trust. You love them, you're emotionally connected to them. And I always say, they always talk about don't do business with family. I say no, do business with family because families run the world. And those who run the world have operating systems, they have ledgers to make sure that that guy I talked about in the beginning, the king, that was something that was implemented a thousand years ago. But we can't wait to become landlords and tenants off a system that he created a thousand years. So the question that I have for you all is what will you create that will last a thousand years? Not just businesses, not just products, but systems. We wrapping up with the time. And um, for you all that want to get further instruction and education, number one, I want you to definitely look up my brother Idris Sandu, Spatial Labs, and everything that he has going on. He has physical products already ready to go. So this is not in concept stage. But we have the block world order where you get to learn not only the knowledge of this to where, you know, consultants and developers, they're getting paid the most right now. Coming in to consult companies on the blockchain. If you put in your 10,000 hours, you will be the master of this in the next few years where every single company will be coming to you. If you teach your children to start getting into coding and the program languages, they can be the developers and the builders of the future, not just the consumers of the future. So I want them to be familiar with these concepts and ideas, even if you feel like you're too old, which you're not. It just depends on how you go about developing your mind to where you're unlocking your previous thoughts and you're locking in new thoughts. So with high-level conversations, it's always about high-level observations. And what we want to do is spark your interest into the now, because this ain't just the future, this is the now. This is what companies are scrambling to figure out, how do we maintain profits? We just told them we made a billion dollars last year. How do we get a billion dollars again? Well, we have to change the business model. And you all are the consumer, but now we get to change it. I've seen Rashad Dad talk about how that 2053 wealth thing that's gonna be non-existent because we're gonna produce an asset class. We're gonna make sure that we have the knowledge, the information, the infrastructure, the systems, the family, and we're gonna be living in a way that we have holistic wealth. Because we can't just go towards wealth of money to where we generate a monetary system. It has to be spiritual. We got to get our souls right. We got to get our integrity right. We have to be high-level men and women to where we're not just valued on our dollar, but our principles. And once we get to that, you will have the type of mind that can take any thought process, whether it's complicated, whether it's high level, and you will absorb it and you will execute into the future. 
I'm 19 Kings, this is my brother Idris Sandu. I see y'all next time. I'm 19 Kings, this is high level conversation. Yeah, this is Idris something to your psyche to where you're you you have no choice but to open up your mind and start asking questions and then on your own go back and do some due diligence and research so because this information is powerful you know this this, this ain't these guys aren't talking about stuff that you can just hear and then go home and go to sleep you, you can't this ain't that kind of information this is high level conversations super tapped in shout out to 19 kids shout out to blue color the village shout out to the whole movement i'm here enjoying myself you know, salute to y'all, the brothers that y'all been doing. Y'all helped me through some difficult times. Much love. Oh, yeah, I seen him on stage. He was super tapped in, super jewels, dropping the keys that we all need to feed the people. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what makes him like genius. He's actually giving the step by step. You know what I mean? Work, like, workbook. You know what I mean? If you follow the steps, you can't go wrong. You know what I mean? So shout out to Keys, man. I swear to God. I feel like. In due time, people will see. In due time, people will see, you know? And if they haven't seen already, because he gets hella love right now. So you already know, like, I'm tapped in, my family is tapped in too. And that's thanks to him. That's thanks to the forefathers too, Trevor Khan, and a lot of his teachers. So we just always gotta pay respect to those that do the little pieces piece by piece. You gotta get them their flowers in real time while they can smell them. So I'm grateful to be here to get this opportunity to tell, you know, the family. I know they all play a part into this. You play a part too, the cameraman. Everybody play a part in this. So I just want to, you know, acknowledge those that play a part in the big picture. You know? Maybe she loved 19 Keys and she just turned me on to it. So we got to meet him. Yeah. We got to meet and greet him, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, man. A lot of information, man. You got to be here. You missed it, you miss it now.